Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 45. Change your mind, change your world. Hi, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwards.com, and you're listening to Brian Holmes, one of my favorite people and certainly one of my favorite podcasts. Welcome to the program, everybody. Guess what? You have found the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, activating destinies, awakening dreams. When necessary, we even kick people in the seat of the pants. That's right. We want to see you moving forward, making progress, becoming all that God has created you to be. Hey, it's going to be a great day here on the program, and I trust you're ready to be challenged. My name is Brian Holmes. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Buckle up, be prepared, and let's get started, everybody. Hey, always great to have you on the program. If you are someone who listens to us on a regular basis, I want to say thank you for Being so consistent, so faithful, I trust that what we're providing to you here is a blessing. I trust it's a challenge to you. I trust that it is uh, causing you to think more about your future and more about what you can be, what you can do, what is possible, uh, because all things really are possible through Jesus Christ. Whatever God has said about you, whatever he has determined before the foundations of the world concerning your life, your destiny, your capacity, Uh, that which you can be and do and accomplish in this world, well, it's true. Whatever he has decided, it is true. And I don't know about you, but I just assume go ahead and align my beliefs, my thoughts with what he thinks about me and go be that guy. And I trust you feel the same about your life and about your family and about your future. It's going to be an awesome program today. Before we dive into the content, I do want to share this with you. Uh, I am really on a mission right now to get the word out about what it is we're doing at brianholmes.com. You are consuming this online radio program today, and I trust, of course, it's a blessing to you. But in addition to this weekly podcast, we also offer something called Monday Mastery. These are bite-sized nuggets. These are leadership-driven teachings. These are little encouraging words, things that challenge the status quo. And every Monday, we put out a new YouTube video on our website, on YouTube, and it's just to encourage, to inspire, to maybe nudge you a bit, to provide a little bit of a a feather on the big stack of things that creates a tipping point and moves you toward a better future for your life and for what it is God's called you to do. So in addition to the podcast, Monday Mastery, we offer blog posts from time to time and various resources. We want you to help us to get the word out. How do you do that? Well, by visiting the the website weekly yourself. That, that's one great way to do it. In fact, I would encourage you, if you've not already done so, to subscribe to our website. And that does not mean we're going to get blasted with 45,000 spam emails and all kinds of ads and all of that. We don't roll like that. I want to, I value my time. I, I work towards inbox zero every day. But once a week on average, you're going to get an email from us just sharing with you the week's podcast, 
the Monday Mastery video, and any of the resources we're putting out that week. We just want to keep it in front of you. And then, of course, you can forward that email to someone, or you can invite them to join with us in this mission to grow leaders, to engage life, and to pursue excellence in all areas. Well, that's one way you can do it. Subscribe to the weekly email digest. Secondly, when you're on our website or when you're consuming these via uh, your iPhone or your Droid or whatever it is you are using, share it on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Google+, wherever it is that you engage people, engage your friends, engage family, engage uh, your sphere of influence, share these posts, share these podcasts, share our Monday Mastery videos, get other people involved and engaged in hearing a word that encourages them. That would help us greatly. Another way that you can do that is by, to, uh, by subscribing to the podcast itself. If you consume these via iTunes, then you would go to iTunes and subscribe to the Strategic Living Podcast with Brian Holmes. Subscribe, and that automatically brings into your iTunes player this podcast each week. Once you've listened to it, you can delete it, you can mark it, you can save it, or you can share it. If you listen via Stitcher, we're also on Stitcher. Same thing there. It just gives you a means to share it. So, one, subscribe to our weekly email updates. Two, share these posts and these podcasts and our Monday Mastery videos by uh, putting them through uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, etc. And then three, subscribe to the actual podcast in iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever it is you consume that, and share it with your friends. That would be such a great help. It just helps us to get the word out. We want to reach as many people as we can with a message of hope, a message of healing, a message of equipping and encouragement, and that'll be a great thing. So that's my spiel for today, but I wanted to share that with you because we want to reach people. We want to help people to grow. Well, today I'm going to share with you a very, very, very powerful webinar that we just released about a week ago, and I believe that it will challenge you on a level that maybe you've not been challenged in a while. I'm talking about change your mind, change your world. I believe that most of our challenges as human beings take place not outside of ourselves, but inside. A part of the soul of man is the mind. It's the will, the emotions, the memories, the thoughts, the beliefs, all the things that that govern our life are contained within this mind or in our heart, if you will. It's the hard drive. It's where all the data is stored. And in this particular webinar, I shared some concepts concerning how the mind works, how beliefs are formed, some of the conditions that we are exposed to that actually cause our beliefs to be formed a certain way. And then from there, we moved into seven steps to shift and to change your mind. Because until your beliefs change, the outcomes will not change. Until the the data you're working with is recomputed or reconfigured or in some cases utterly replaced by godly beliefs, things that God knows to be true about you, then it's really impossible to expect a different result in certain areas of your life. So I want us to go right now to the recent recording we did of our webinar, and that is on Change Your Mind, Change Your World. I would like to make this disclaimer. Our audio that evening did not turn out exactly as I'd hoped it would. It's not our normal audio quality. It sounds more like we're on the phone. But it's plenty clear. It's something you'll be able to discern very easily. And I just felt like the content was rich enough, meaningful enough, that it would help you greatly in your journey. So let's go right now 
to change your mind, change your world. Henry David Thoreau, great author and poet, said this, as a single footstep will not make a path on earth, so a single thought will not make a pathway in the mind. To make deep, a deep physical path, we have to walk again and again on that path. To make a deep mental path, we must think over and over and over again the kind of thoughts we wish to dominate our lives. Tremendous statement by this great author. And tonight I want to share with you some things in that line. We're talking about change your mind, change your world. And the concepts that I'm going to share with you, I truly believe that if you were to adopt these and activate your life around these and really put these principles into practice, I believe you would see a shift in your life like nothing you've experienced before. So first, I want to establish a few truths that will form a basis for where we're going to go in this webinar. We're talking about the mind, that arena of our human makeup where beliefs are formed, where beliefs are held. In many of our cases, if not all of our cases, where beliefs are oftentimes defended. And of course, these beliefs are lived out in first in our minds and then, of course, outside of ourselves. Before I go much further tonight, I want to tell you that this arena of the mind is one that those in the Christian faith or the church world or the religious mountain tend not to want to deal with much. We leave that to the psychologist, to the psychiatrist, and even in that regard, we don't really regard that as something that is important. In fact, the mind has been, in many ways, not really dealt with much as it relates to our walk with God. It is my very strong belief that God intended for us to steward our mind, to steward the contents and the belief systems and the health of this arena that we call the mind. The mind is that part of us that houses memories. It is the collecting place for all of our reference points that we have established over time. It is where we hold facts or the truth as we perceive it to be. It is where we reference back to and consider our experiences. It is also the bank or the vault in which we hold our knowledge base, the things that we have learned, whether through classrooms, whether through our educational process as children, and maybe even into university. Maybe it's knowledge that we have obtained through our experiences through modeling, through things we've seen others do, or maybe our family environments. Maybe it's even knowledge that we have gained or adopted by way of traumatic things that have taken place in our life or very difficult words that have been spoken to us. The knowledge or the beliefs that we hold, whether true or not, these are all housed in what I am referencing tonight as the mind. Again, let me remind you, we're talking about change your mind change your world. The book of Proverbs tells us this, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And that principle could not be more true. 
what you believe to be true about you, what you believe to be true about other people, what you believe to be true about the opposite sex, what you believe to be true about money, what you believe to be true about anything in life is exactly what is going to be produced in your life. Your beliefs actually produce outcomes. What we think, what we believe, what we allow as truth in our lives, whether it's actually true or not, governs the outcomes in our lives in a very real, in a very tangible, very measurable way. So it stands to reason that if there is a limiting belief or if there is a pattern of thoughts that we allow in our mind, that if we were to change our mind, if we were to address those limiting beliefs, if we were to challenge the status quo, if we were to actually go after those things, vet them to the farthest degree and determine once and for all, are these things true and are these beliefs worth holding to? If we were to change our mind, change our beliefs, then the byproduct, the automatic result of that is our lives and everything they pertain to changes as well. Higher thinking produces higher results. So let me give you a few things that I believe to be true about the mind. God, as a creator, and he is at his very least a creator, possesses creative powers. He literally spoke the worlds into existence. So his word produces creative things. So if we are made in his image and in his likeness, then we also possess creative powers. Our DNA, our very makeup, allows us to think a thought, to speak a word, and that thought or that word becomes tangible. It becomes life. John chapter 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word. That word, word there, really is thought. In the beginning was the thought or the Word. The Word became, uh, the Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh, verse 14, and it dwelt among us. So any, anything that originates out of the thought life becomes a Word. Every Word produces life of some kind, good or bad. Now think about this. When God created man, the physical being, he created him with a mind. We literally have brain mass. And the synopses and the, the synapses and all the things that make up this powerful brain that we have contained in that computer up there is a mechanism and a, a powerful tool by which we have our beliefs, our rationale, our ability to process data. We deduce, we come to decisions, we come to choices. All of that is this powerful mechanism that we call the mind. God created each of us with the power to imagine or dream a thing. He literally gave us, in our created state, the power to do the very same things that he did. He gave us power to create, gave us power to produce in time. He gave us power to think a thought or conjure an idea or foster a, an invention. He gave us the power to do all these things. 
God created us with a human mind which has the capacity to literally change the world. And when that mind is activated and focused on his will, on his plan, on how he sees us, when what we know in this mind is what he knows about us, when we are aligned in our thinking with heaven's thoughts, the world literally can be transformed in a day. You say, well, where's the rub? Well, the rub is that when that which is held in our mind does not meet our potential, when that which is held in our mind or our heart to be true, even though it's not, and that belief actually does not align itself with what God knows to be true about us, about our ability, about a particular matter, then we literally lock ourselves into a life that is less than what God has designed for us. You see, God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He can do anything. In fact, the Word of God tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Well, when we look at that paradigm, we understand that we must put on the mind of Christ in order to do things through Christ. We can't have a faulty mind and expect to be able to do anything that we've been given to do. Yet, when we put on his mind, we are able to do anything. It is only when that which is held in our mind does not meet our potential that we limit ourselves to a life that is less than God's plan. The mind, the thoughts, the beliefs that we hold, these things literally govern our ability to produce God-size results. Now, while you and I possess unlimited potential, and by the way, I believe with all of my heart that you do, you literally do not have a max on your potential. You're created in God's image, in his likeness. Therefore, it is not a matter of what you are capable of. It is literally a matter of what can you believe. What can you embrace? If heaven has said this about you, if you can believe it, you can literally receive it. What your heart believes is exactly what will determine the direction or the outcomes in your life. Someone once said that we actually move toward our current most dominant picture of how we see ourselves or how we see our future. In other words, the image that you hold in your mind about your tomorrow is the image that you are actually moving toward very quickly. Therefore, if the image that I hold concerning my tomorrow, if the opinion that I have about my potential future is negative and limited, I am literally moving toward the picture that I hold. So the image or the belief that I hold in my mind concerning a thing produces exactly the outcome of what I've imagined. But if the image or the belief that I hold is not what God knows, then I produce a result that is so far beneath what God designed me to produce. This is why the Apostle Paul in his writings said this. He said, we must cast down imaginations. That's images. We must literally go into these places and deconstruct these beliefs that have been erected. He says, cast down imaginations in every high thing 
that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The question is, what has been exalted against what God knows about you? What belief do you presently hold that was erected through life experiences, but that belief, that construction does not represent what God knows about you? And here's the piece. We can pray and ask God to heal us or to help us in those areas, but the onus is upon us to deconstruct the belief. We have to deal with the belief. You say, well, Brian, how are beliefs formed? How do these things get constructed, and how do they become so deeply rooted and embedded in our mind? Let's talk about that. I want to give you a very simple lesson here on how the mind works. The mind essentially functions in three parts. There's the conscious mind. That's that part of the mind that hears and receives new information. It comes through our senses. We see, feel, taste, hear, touch, etc. So any input we have coming in is registered on a conscious level. So let's just say that I am in an environment where someone speaks a very positive word to me, or I sense that maybe God himself is even speaking a word to me about my future, and that is received on the conscious level. That information now goes and compares itself against what is on the second level of the mind, that is the subconscious or the unconscious. This is the part of the mind where all previous information is stored. It is like the hard drive on a computer. It, it's where the data is burned in, it's seared in, it's, it's carved in, and it becomes something of great, great stability on the hard drive. It's where memories are. It's where developed beliefs are. It's where we register hurts or wounds or experiences or perceptions or even if we've taken on an identity that didn't belong to us. Your very core, your core beliefs, that's where these are held, in the subconscious mind. Everything you do, every decision you make, every position you take on something, it's because of what you believe on this level. So let's quickly review here. The conscious mind is where new information comes, but that new information now is going to go and register itself to see if it is compatible with what I know to be true on the subconscious level. I can receive brand new information that inspires me to go out and do something great or to go out and take a risk or to go out and start a business or to go start a ministry. I can, I can hear something, see something, read something, and that information inspires me and moves me. But before I can take action, that new information now has to go and be graded against what I know to be true about me on the subconscious level. You say, well, do you, are you thinking about that? No. You don't even know that conversation's going on because, again, it's subconscious. It is beneath the surface. You're thinking about the thoughts of what you have just heard or just read or just taken in. But down deep inside, this conversation, conversation begins to take place, and that information is being compared to what you know to be true. So watch what happens. When the new information and what is housed on the hard drive of the heart does not match, we have a problem. We have a separation. We have a, a crisis going on that is a real big deal. And somehow, the, the way the human mind works is that the human mind does not like conflict. The human mind needs resolution. The, the human mind needs there to not be stress or strain between the truth that I've just been introduced to and the truth that I know to be true. 
And so when this stretching takes place, when there is a distance between the new information I've just received and what I really know to be true, it creates this tension, and the human mind hates tension. Therefore, the third part of the mind goes to work, and that is what we call the creative subconscious. It is that part of the mind that is responsible for reconciling the difference between the new information and the old information. We're going to to relieve the tension by reconciling that information, either the old information up to the new truth or the new truth down to what has always been your truth, whether it's really true or not. In other words, the creative subconscious goes to work to eliminate the strain between the two truths. This battle takes place every single day in my mind and in your mind. That creative subconscious goes to work to regulate you back to the belief that you hold. It's much easier to regulate you down to what you've always believed than it is to break free from a limiting belief and move up to the new truth and embrace that, act upon that, and allow that to take you into a new future. That creative subconscious works hard. It works nonstop, 24-7, seven days a week, 365. It wants to make sure that you never move outside the parameters set by what your subconscious mind has already established as your truth. So we think on three levels. We, we take in information via words, pictures, and experiences. And words have power. Pictures have even more power. Experiences have the ultimate power. And all of the things we've experienced by words, by pictures, images, by experiences through our life, those things are super ingrained carved deep into the subconscious mind. Say, so, well, how, how do those things happen? Well, it could be educational, edu, uh, educational models or perspectives that we've experienced. It could be uh, how our parents raised us. It could be the mindset or the belief system of a parent. You know, children who are raised in homes of parents who is, experienced the Great Depression back in the 20s and 30s in this nation uh, th- those kids were raised with a certain mindset about money, about lack, about poverty, about scarcity. And because of that, their entire paradigm is wrapped around that belief, and they behave a certain way. They, 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 t- they buy more things than they need because they're afraid they're not going to have, etc. Those parental models and mindsets form deep, deep, deep beliefs in our own hearts about how life goes. How about this one? How about religious teachings and dogma? How about uh, legalistic, crazy uh, type of environments that so many people grew up in where they did not necessarily know how to have a relationship with a loving father that cares about them, that wants to graft them into a powerful kingdom, into a powerful system that is for their good and for the good of the world. Uh, But yet it was this fear-mongering and all this other stuff that goes on. Those things shape the way we even look at life. Another way beliefs are formed are through successes that we experience or failures that we've experienced. If I have a tragic failure in my life, morally, spiritually, uh, maybe it was a performance thing or something that I that, that it, in a moment of time a business failed or whatever the case may be, those things literally are moments when a window opens and a, and a seed thought comes in, that seed thought, as you'll see in a moment, becomes ultimately a belief system. And those belief systems actually 
become the grid through which we see life. Emotions, feelings, senses, observations, mental conditioning. And boy, one of the ways that beliefs are not only formed but they're sustained is through self-talk. Do you know that every single day there are probably 20, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 words going on in your mind where you're talking to yourself, telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm not successful. I shouldn't even try that because I know I'm going to fail. You're not saying it out loud. You're not even thinking it consciously. But deep in the recesses of your subconscious mind, there's self-talk taking place, and we have to actually get a hold of that self-talk, which we'll talk about more in a minute. Think about this. We act in accordance with the truth as we believe it to be. Whether it's true or not, we're going to behave and act, make decisions and choices based on the truth that we hold internally. You know, Albert Einstein made this powerful statement many years ago. He said, the world that we have created is a product of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. Let me make this statement. Wherever you are in your life today, relationships, family, business, finances, health, whatever category of life you want to look at, wherever you are today is a direct result of your thinking or of your beliefs. Your decisions have led you to a place. Those decisions were based on thoughts and beliefs that you hold in your unconscious mind. So to change the result, to change the outcome, to change your world, it stands to reason that we have to go after limiting beliefs. Let me move quickly. Romans chapter 8, powerful few verses here, 5 to 8. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who are according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. It does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now you say, what does that got to do with us talking about the mind? Well, the term mindset showed up there three or four times. So in this passage, you see there's a distinction made between the results that our flesh nature or our carnal thinking produces and that which our spirit or our divine heaven-connected nature can produce. Big distinction. And the words flesh and spirit in this passage are very interesting because the word flesh here means human nature, the earthly nature of man apart from divine influence. The word spirit here is the rational spirit, the the power by which a human feels, thinks, and decides. The spiritual nature of Christ working in a person's life. So the mind set on a wrong belief system cannot produce the life God intended for one to experience. Conversely, the mind that is set on correct beliefs, correct mindsets, godly awareness, godly confidence, God's identity on your life, those kinds of mindsets can and will produce the life God always designed and intended for you. In fact, before the foundations of the world, what he had decided your life could be 
those things show up when your mindset is aligned with what God knows. It is literally the mind of a man that determines the life that he experiences. So a mindset, let's talk about that word mindset, because all of us have mindsets concerning certain things. A mindset is simply a mental attitude or inclination. It is a state of mind that is fixed. It's a belief that is set. One translation in Scripture uses the word stronghold for mindset. Interesting, because we love to talk about spiritual warfare in the church, but most of what we want to tack up to spiritual warfare is really a a war that's taking place between our ears. It's a mindset. It's a stronghold in our own heart, in our own mind concerning something. It really comes from the word phronema, P-H-R-O-N-E-M-A, and it's concerning what one actually possesses in his mind, his thoughts, his beliefs. It's what is the makeup of what's in that container. It is that which governs the behaviors, actions, and outcomes of one's life. A mindset purely is a pattern of thought. So how are mindsets formed? Well, several categories here. Social, in the social sense, you have political affiliations. Boy, look at today's world and tell me that uh, there aren't rabid mindsets at play among certain groups of people. You have ultra-conservatives. You have Tea Party. You have socialists. You have people that are leaning very heavily toward communists. Racism is a mindset tied to the social sector. All these things are mindsets. And once somebody gets something, you have people that vote for a certain party. They have absolutely no idea why they do what they do. They couldn't even explain it. But they have adapted a mindset based on inputs, and they behave in accordance with how their mind is set. Well, you also have family issues here. You have Uh, If you were raised in a family where your parents were very affectionate and very touchy and expressed their heart and their love towards you, uh, then you have a certain mindset about relationships. If you have, like me, uh, you know, you were raised in a home where there wasn't a lot of hugging, there wasn't a lot of kissing, there wasn't a lot of, you know, attaboys or I love you, son, those kind of things, that can produce a particular mindset. It does not mean the mindset is forever You have to challenge the mindset and elect a different path. How about a family where the man, oh boy, this is going to get touchy here. How about a family where the man is waited on hand and foot by the wife? You tell me children growing up in that home don't take on a particular mindset. Of course they do, because they've watched this be modeled. Or let's put the shoe on the other foot. How about a husband who is a doormat and just does everything all over the place and is pretty much you know, expected to do everything. It could go both ways. How about a mindset that the man or the husband in the home should be the only provider, the only person who works, the sole provider? Well, it's a mindset. It's, not, it's neither right nor wrong, but it does create a mindset for those who have been in that environment for any length of time. Well, some people think that marriage is sacred and holy. I tend to believe that very strongly. Other people could care less. Just live together, hang out. What's a piece of paper? Just 
Covenant doesn't mean anything. Just let's love each other, be together, and whatever. Well, that's a mindset. Those mindsets are produced out of experiences, out of modeling, out of things that were taught or not taught. Relationships. Well, how about this mindset? I can't trust anybody. That's a mindset. Well, that's obviously been born out of someone's experience. I've heard this one in many years of counseling. All men are jerks. You know, I don't. I just don't trust any man. I'll never trust a man again. That's a mindset. You, somebody's made up their mind that they can't trust anybody, and all men are jerks. Well, that has to be challenged if you're ever going to have a full life. Or how about this mindset? I, I won't let anybody too close to me because I've been hurt too many times. How about this one? Everybody's out to get me. Or friendships never last. I'm just giving you examples of mindsets. There's a category here that really, really is big to me in the economic and financial area, a poverty mindset. Do you know anybody that has a poverty mindset or a, a mindset of lack or scarcity? You know anybody like that? How about a mindset of entitlement? Everybody owes them something. The mindset of a beggar or someone who is constantly mooching off of others. How about a, a greedy mindset, selfish mindset? Here's one for you. How about someone who is immensely materialistic? How about this mindset, someone who is image-driven? I want to present myself as this image, so therefore I'm going to drive this, dress like this, look like this, and pretend like this. My life behind the scenes is something totally different, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what my life is back here. I want to present this image. How about the mindset of instant or delayed gratification, respectively? How about planning and saving or just spend it all right now? If I got it in my pocket, it's going to get spent. These are all mindsets. Then you get into religious mindsets, legalistic mindsets, prideful mindsets, mindsets, outward projection, inwardly empty. How about the scripture that says having a form of godliness but no power? Doctrinal dogmatisms, people that get hung up on doctrine and know little about relationship. And then you have people that hide behind ignorance. They mask their ignorance by how loud they are or how many scriptures they think they can quote. Religious mindsets. And some other ones, defeatist mindsets, pessimistic mindsets, victim mindsets, martyr mindsets, all these things. I could just go on all night about this, and I'm not going to do that. Mindsets are formed out of our experiences and our beliefs. So what kind of effects do mindsets have on us? Well, a negative mindset causes a perpetual posture of doubt. Doubt creates hesitation or paralysis where I'm just too fearful. I, I just, I'm not sure, therefore I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to hesitate. Hesitation always leads to failure because one who is not willing to act can never even enter into what's new that God may have put in front of them. Mindsets are what creates your expectations. If you walk around every day waiting for the other shoe to drop, guess what's going to happen? It probably won't be a shoe. It's going to be a piano following your head. Your expectations are literally self-fulfilling prophecies. What you expect, you will get. All of this is what comes out of the mind. A mindset locks you into a realm, thereby limiting your level of result and achievement. Well, how are these things formed? Well, our mindsets are developed through our, throughout our lives. 
And again, I go back to this. They're based on words, pictures, experiences. Our mindsets, if not challenged, literally lock us into a path that is insurmountable. We must take down the walls that our mindsets have locked us into. If my mindsets and my thoughts and my beliefs are not aligned with what God knows, it causes a deficit or a liability in my ability to perform, in my ability to to move forward, in my ability to be the man or the woman God's called me or you to be. A godly mindset, an aligned mindset, empowers and engages my potential, releases me to perform at levels beyond natural ability. Mindsets, which are simply strongly held beliefs, are contained in the subconscious part of our mind. They become second nature, meaning we don't even think about them. You don't consciously think about these beliefs. You act second nature. You act out according to what you've already selected to be truth. In other words, our mindsets, whether good or bad, create for us what is normal or what is expected. If my normal, whatever's normal to me, right or wrong, if my normal is not producing the results that I know I'm capable of, if my normal is not producing the results that I'm dreaming about or wishing for, then what has become normal to me is likely not normal at all. A mindset not aligned with God's truth, which, by the way, is the only truth that even matters, holds a person to a measure and a reality that is less than their actual God-given potential. But a mindset aligned with God's truth awakens, engages, empowers, and releases my God-given potential and converts it into real, tangible, supersized, crazy results. The moment I get my mind where it really needs to be, everything around me in my world begins to align itself with truth. Romans chapter 8, 26 to 30 says this, In the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Listen to this now. And he who searches the hearts uh-huh. knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he's interceding for the saints according to the will of God. So God, capital H, he, who searches the hearts, he knows exactly what God has in mind for you because he knows what the will of God is. He's already seen truth. Verse 28, this is powerful to me because this is talking about the mind talking about God searching our hearts, talking about him interceding for us because he wants us to perform in alignment with the will of God for our life. Look at verse 20. We quote this next scripture by itself out of context all the time. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, or those whom he foreknew. That's what he knew about you. He, he knew you ahead of time. He also predestined to become conformed to the picture or the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. 
And these whom he predestined, he also called. These whom he called, he justified. What What does the word justified mean? It means he got you lined up to where you needed to be lined up. And these whom he justified, he glorified. He brought them into glory. I'm not talking about heaven. He brought them into the glorification of who they really are. So how do we change our mind, Brian? How do we even begin to go after these things? Well, I want to give you seven steps that I believe will help you begin this process. And then I'm going to recommend a couple of books to you. Number one, how do we change our mind? Number one, identify faulty and limiting mindsets. Now, ladies and gentlemen, to do this, it requires a level of honesty inside yourself that maybe you've never allowed in your life. Sometimes we don't want to look at the truth because to look at the truth, we have to work through some things that were painful to us. We have to deal with failures. We have to deal with hurt. We have to deal with disappointment. And rather than go there, we just rather keep things the way they are. But if you're going to change your mind, it literally begins by challenging your mind. You have to actually move into a mode of looking at the beliefs that are driving your behaviors and ask hard questions. Now, this is what I believe about this, but is that serving me? Is that really what the truth is? You have to look at the fruit of your life and ask yourself, can this fruit be better? And if it can be better, then what mindset, what belief do I have that is holding me back from seeing better fruit? Socially, in my family, in other relationships, in my finances, in my relationship with God, I have to look at these things. Number two, I have to move from passivity to intentionality as it relates to our thoughts and outcomes. So what does that mean? When I identify a limiting belief, something that I recognize, this, this, this mindset is holding me back. I have to become ruthless, intentional, active in tearing that thought down. Paul instructed us to take every thought captive, arrest it. Another passage says, gird up the loins of your mind. Why in the world would we gird up the loins of our mind? What kind of a word picture is that? It's very simple. Thoughts and beliefs reproduce themselves. Loins is the reproductive systems of both male and female. So we have to take every thought captive. We do not negotiate with limiting beliefs. We do not rationalize. Well, it's okay. No. If we see that the fruit is not being borne out in our lives, that we have the potential to bear out, we must go after the belief. Take no prisoners. Tear it down. Deconstruct it. Bury it. Gird it up. So I can't be passive about limiting beliefs. And I can't be lackadaisical about limited results. Number three, 
Examine the Word of God. Reflect and remember every word God has spoken to you about you. What have you dreamed about? What ideas have popped into your mind? What moments have you experienced where God has spoken to you, either directly through His Word or through some friend or through some minister, and something you heard registered on a deep level in your spirit? But for whatever reason, that word never manifested. It never came about because somewhere between receiving the word and manifesting the word, it was broken down. It was regulated down to a lesser component. What has God said about you? Record. Write it out. Take those statements and turn them into affirmations and begin to use God's word to reform your mind. From each statement, create summarized, this is number four, from each statement that God has spoken to you, about you, create summarized affirmations or confession statements that reform and replace those limiting beliefs. Number five, develop and engage the habit of reading or, out loud or quietly, but reading, affirming, and confessing these statements every day multiple times a day until that belief, the old belief is pressed out and the new belief has become your belief. Number six, develop what I call I am statements. I am a millionaire. I am a successful author. I am a best-selling author. I am a influential business leader. I am a magnificent and loving father. You see, that sounds so arrogant, so haughty. No. If I am saying what God has said about me, I am simply agreeing with heaven. So develop I am statements. There's nothing wrong with saying what God has said. In fact, it's a good idea because, man, where two or three agree on anything, guess what? It's established. So if God has said it, I should be saying it. So say it about yourself. It's it, you know it's not hard to look at somebody else that, that you're speaking to or loving on or encouraging and say you are such an amazing father. We ha- we don't think twice about saying it about somebody else, but boy, to say I am and fill in the blank behind it. Here's the deal: we must begin to say I am and fill in the blanks with positive things because in our mind there's a conversation going on that doesn't sound like what we're trying to put on the outside here. Number seven. Engage in accountability. Have someone, have several people around you that you trust. Share with them the beliefs that you have identified that are limiting. Share with them that you are being intentional about taking these thought captives. Give them permission to call you out when they hear you speak something that is not in alignment with those beliefs. Get accountability in your life. Number one, Identify faulty and limiting beliefs and mindsets. Number two, don't be passive. Get intentional and ruthless with limiting beliefs. Take every thought captive. Number three, examine. Remember what God has said about you. Write it down. Number four, take those statements and create summarized affirmations or confessions that will reform and replace the old limiting beliefs. Number five, Develop and engage the habit of reading, affirming, and confessing those statements every day until they become your beliefs. Number six, develop I am statements and fill in the blank. Lots of them. Say them out loud. 
Record yourself saying them. Play it in your car. Whatever you have to do. And number seven, engage in accountability. These are steps that I believe will radically change your life. I believe if you change your mind, you really will change your world. I want to recommend two books to you, neither one of which were written by what we would refer to be powerful Christians probably. But they're both books that I believe will help you. One is a classic. Both of these are classics. One is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And listen, be mature, okay? If there are things in any book that you read that you know do not align themselves with God's Word, okay, be mature. Take the meat, spit the bones out. Don't toss the baby out with the bathwater, though. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. The second book, As a Man Thinketh, by James Allen. Those are two of the most powerful resources that have shaped, impacted, and absolutely brought me to a place where I am truly being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I leave you with this. Where you are today is a result of decisions and choices you've made. Those decisions and choices were made because of what you believe to be true about you. If there's any area of your life that you're not satisfied with, any area of your life that you are not content with, any area of your life that you know God has more for you, it begins by changing your mind. It begins by going inside and challenging the status quo. Change your mind and change your world. Well, I trust that that was a very powerful moment for you. The questions are these. What beliefs do you hold that are holding you back? I'm going to say it again. What beliefs do you hold that are actually holding you back? What limiting thoughts are constantly being regurgitated in your mind that are actually paralyzing you? They are debilitating to you. They are keeping you from not only becoming all that you can be, but that they are actually locking you down to a state that is far beneath what God has in mind for you. I challenge you, examine yourself, go deep, take those seven steps we gave you in the webinar today and really do the homework and allow your heart to be free, allow your heart to be transformed so that you can be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you can actually become the very full measure of what God has designed you to be, and you can accomplish and have and partake of and enjoy all the blessings, all the benefits that go along with that. Well, as always, it's great to have you on the program. Thank you for joining us today. Trust that this has been a blessing to you. Hey, a quick reminder, we're still working toward launching our DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth Area Mastermind Group. You'll be hearing more about that. If you'd like to have us come alongside of you and work with you as a coach, a life coach, executive coach, maybe 
help you with your business ideas. We, we'd love to talk to you about that. Visit brianholmes.com forward slash coaching. And certainly if you'd like to talk to us about coming and speaking at your event, you can visit brianholmes.com forward slash speaking. And we will certainly be thrilled to serve you in any capacity that we can. Well, that's it for today, everybody. Thank you for joining us. God bless you, and we'll see you again right back here next week.